This is probably going to sound a lot better because we're recording with the actual microphone. Let's check it. Even the waveforms look different, right? Well, yeah, it's because it's actually picking up all the sounds. <laughs> I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every movie in our movie library from A to Z. Or Z if you're British. Or Canadian. What's a Canadian? A Canadian is somebody who carries a truffle shafer and eats beaver tail. (laughs) At least that's what I learned from Anthony Bourdain. Rest in peace. Rip. (laughs) Um... What did we watch this week? Cold. Cold. That's... A movie. A, a, a movie about sisters. Cold. Mm-hmm. What we watched was Disney's Frozen. I feel like you need to put Disney's in front of it. Disney. Disney. Disney's Frozen, um, which is a movie. Oh, that... <laughs> did you did you think that the D in Disney was a G for the longest time? Oh, absolutely, because of the weird font. Like, do you think this is like, like a just our generation thing? Like, well, you just thought it was Disney at first, but it was but like, no, no, I always knew it was, knew, Disney, knew it was Disney. But, but I was like, why is there a G there? Sorry if I'm getting distracted. I've currently got a um, live stream of. They a can't see you pointing. Hawk's Nest. You didn't make any noises. I know, but it, I was I was quiet for a second. I've got a live stream of a red-tailed hawk's yeah, nest how, going on. Heaven forbid you're quiet there for a second. There are three little bitty little bitty red-tailed hot chick, hawk chicks. One of them was, um, I I I guess when you're listening to the podcast, uh, one of them literally hatched yesterday. Oh, it's they, so. They all look the same though. You wouldn't know. Uh, they're all fuzzy and fluffy. He doesn't have like downy. a sign that says like I hatched yesterday. Oh, but they're so cute. I guess. I got a lot of relaxation today out of watching some Uh, Bird of Prey streams online. Wow. I don't know. It's nice. Cool. What do you like about this movie? Uh, Because Bethany was initially very excited for us to get to this in our watch. This happens a lot in the podcast where movies that I really liked and were excited to watch, I watch them with my little critical hat on and it kind of ruins them. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that that kind of happened for me in a couple of places, too. But, like, like I'm, I'm curious to know if I watch this in, like, say, November, when it's colder outside, if I, like, will actually enjoy it. Well, this is one of your go-to movies when it does get cold. And, like, yeah. if, there, if the hospital ever calls a code white and Bethany ends up staying at home for the day, she always insists that we watch Frozen because it has to do with snow and ice. For those of you that don't know, a code white is when a hospital is like, uh, non-essential people can stay home because we're worried about this winter storm. And I gotta say, it looks like a code white was called hmm? in this movie. You gotta think they called a code white. Uh. Elsa was like, I'm having a really bad day, code white, you know? It wasn't on purpose, though. Uh, yeah, but the entire nation did kind of shut down. What What really... I guess we can start with what I didn't like. <laughs> That's the opposite of the no, order. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's based on a Hans Christian Andersen story. Like, 
The Little Mermaid. Who? Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen. Hans. My best friend, Hans. <laughs> Listen, leave me alone for pronouncing it like Lando would. He calls him Han Solo like three or four times in that movie. Which uh, is... Sad. Um, I mean, it's a Disney princess film. And it... Don't say it like it's... Like, it's just, like, a throwaway uh, thing. It's like, not a throwaway princess, thing, but I'm saying... Princess a... films are arguably very important. Well, yeah, but I'm saying it's a formula. It's a formula. It has a formula, and yeah, it follows that yeah. formula. Which is interesting, because... Happy Family. Disaster. Uh, team, team Up. Uh, magic. Magic. Magic? Magic. Um, True Love. Yeah, Overcome Disaster. Animal Friends. Yeah, Animal Friends. And then, Happily Ever After. Well, not quite. Yeah, that's one thing Frozen I do. Two is well, that's out. one thing I do like about Disney is that it's not always like happily ever after, even if it does follow like the formula. I feel like this is. Um, I feel like they got more interested in this after the Renaissance ended a little bit mm-hmm. when they didn't really know what they were doing in the two thousands. Um, I thought what the Princess and the Frog was actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. You know, and I thought it didn't get the marketing or the publicity it deserved. I also like the Princess and the Frog because it was like an American tale. Oh, absolutely. like I feel like they really focus on doing things that sound exciting and different. Like, but it's, well, I guess it is different. I don't know. I think the other thing too is that we're living in a post Moana world. Yeah, I f- wild, I, right? Yeah. Oh, because this was before. Yeah. Yeah. So the look. So um, this is their second 3D animated princess film. When you think about it, because Tangled was their first. Uh, what about uh, Merida? What's that one? Oh, Brave. But that's Brave. A, that's a Pixar. So I oh, that's not Disney. Well, it's it a, is. It's they a have Disney, Merida meet and greet. It is a Disney Pixar, but. but Wait, what's what are you what are you saying? No, but I'm saying it was. So she's considered one of the Disney princesses. Yeah. But like. I'm pretty sure Brave was produced by Pixar, not by Walt Disney Animation. They're two separate studios. But it's still Disney. Kind of. No, it is Disney. It's kind of Disney. They have her at the Disney parks. They have her at the Disney parks, but she wasn't produced by the same people who produced these princess movies, is what I'm saying. She was she was a Pixar production that happened to fall into princesses. I don't know. Though the siloing of Disney is... A discussion for another podcast, I think. <laughs> um, but this was the first Dis- Walt Disney Company produced. Like, Pixar is a subsidiary, is what I'm saying. This one was produced by Disney's in-house animation studio. So, I guess you could call it the third, or you could call it the second, depending on what metric you're going by. I hope everyone at home can hear the glare that I'm giving him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's harder than a hot glare. I never got to what didn't work. Well, we're going to get to what didn't work. We always talk about what works first. All right, what didn't work. The Lopez's. The Lopez's really work. They know how to write a song. And Yeah, it's really cool because I think uh, he's like the first Latino EGOT. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they have an EGOT, which they they well deserve. I mean, EGOT, in general, is stupid impressive. And it's dominated by musicians because they're the ones who have the most versatile Mm -hmm. work. Which, it's more impressive when an actor gets one, in a way. But mm-hmm. also, like, 
they're great. It's and it's wild to think that they're like, hmm, you know who we should have for this really family friendly movie with a positive message? The people who wrote The ah. Book of Mormon. Yes, that one. <laughs> Sorry, my mouth got itchy. Cute. But it's funny because you can actually hear the Broadway influence a lot in this one because you've got that I want song in the early with the first time in forever. And then the literal Broadway person. Oh, Santino Fontana? No, the other one. Oh, you mean uh, Broadway Queen? Adina Menzel? (sighs) That was one of the big selling points Mm -hmm. of this movie for me. Because she... She does about, I think they knew what they were working with, and they absolutely wrote Let It Go with uh, Defying Gravity in mind, I think. it's You could probably mesh them up. Uh, they're different keys, but if you modulated some, you absolutely could if you tried hard enough. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I mean, Adina Menzel has been, you know, steadily killing it since the 90s, you know? Like, since Rent. But she is great. She's a great actress. She sells the voice acting for Elsa, though... Sometimes it's a little incongruous to hear Adina Menzel's voice coming out of something other than Adina Menzel's body. No, because that's just the Elsa voice to you? Yeah. Um, I think the cast is very good in this in general. Um, Kristen Bell is great as Anna. She, she's got a very emotive voice. Mm-hmm. And you hear that in like anything she does. I mean, she's Gossip Girl, you know? <laughs> um, Santino Fontana, I love him as Hans. Um, He's got that very, like, smooth, buttery voice to him in his... Who is this person? Singing. Uh, Greg from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Like, the, bo- the the fr- Josh's friend. No, really? That's Josh's friend. Oh my god, Sell that's him? Me. Yeah. Has he been on Broadway? Yes. Yes, he has been on Broadway. What? How did they get him for that show? Because, you know, they need people with Broadway experience, I'm sure. That's not him. That's him. That's Santino Fontana. Yeah. Originating the role of Prince Topher in the 2013 revival what? of Cinderella on Broadway and voicing Prince Hans in the 2013 Disney animated film wow. Frozen. You and I, and maybe 25 other people, also know him as Mozart from Mozart in the Jungle. <laughs> He's the guy who appears... Hey, when... lots of people have seen this award-winning show. <laughs> did it win any awards? I think it did. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, it's an incredible show. Ga- Gael won the best actor we should just do a spinoff podcast where we just talk about Mozart in the Jungle. I would absolutely do a Mozart in the Jungle watch podcast with you. Oh, and we could highlight the piece in, like, whatever show they're playing. That could be, like, our intro and outro. Ooh. That's a good podcast idea. What did I? Never mind. Canceled. <laughs> this is probably... Are you still on the cast? Yeah. Jonathan okay. Groff. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan Groff is great. Incredible. And I wish he had had more to do. Yeah. Because he sings once in this movie, but... Maybe the next movie is just him singing. Because, like, when you think about it, it's all Broadway people up there. Because mm-hmm. Kristen Bell has her history on Broadway. Really? Jonathan Groff was in Spring Awakening. Mm-hmm. Santino Fontana, Adina Menzel. Like, they knew what they were doing when they hired these people. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see... That kind of back and forth between Disney, like, doing these big animated musicals and the Broadway community. Especially because, I don't know, I know that there w- was some back and forth in the past. Obviously, Julie Andrews is was from the West End, primarily, and did, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff before she was hired as Mary Poppins and things like that. But it feels like there's a more, like, collaborative environment now. Because, like, we'll eventually get to this with Moana, but, like, Lynn, you know? Mm-hmm. It's 
You're welcome. It's good stuff. And then, of course, you have Alan Tudyk, who went to Juilliard. Yeah, casual. Mm-hmm. Playing the Duke of Wesselton. <laughs> <laughs> That's Weaseltown. Which is a joke that they made in um, Zootopia, actually, where he what? played a character named Weaseltown who corrected it when people mispronounced his oh name as Weaseltown. Yeah, Disney animated, stu- like Mo- Walt Disney Animation, they do not make a movie without Alan Tudyk now because he is their good luck charm. Wow. And that's why he was in Moana, that's why he was in Frozen, <laughs> and that's why he was in Zootopia. I didn't know that he was in Zootopia, but that's because I didn't really... Pay hey, attention, attention to Zootopia. Zootopia was... A movie. It was a movie. It was a fun movie. And it was, you know, very basic building blocks, racism is bad kind of movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It thought it was doing a lot more than it was, and it stole Moana's... Anyway, anyway. <sighs> the, you know what worked for me in this movie? The colors. Are you done? I don't know that the color palette was all that interesting. <gasps> what? Are you kidding? No. I, I mean, thought it, it was nice. It was... <sighs> okay, here's something I have to confess. If I see animated movies that were released, like, too far back, and I guess in this case, like, four years ago, <laughs> but some you know, of it did look a little bit... 2013. Some of it did look a little Wait, bit like a... No, six years ago. 2013? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 2015. No. I was very wrong. Yep, it was 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because of the pace at which CG and animation are like really starting to... That's what didn't work for me. Really just move forward, it gets a little bit uncanny valley sometimes. Yeah, I would say that there are some budget cuts somewhere, and some of these scenes look very bad. Some of it looks like a PS3 cutscene, you know? Not even not even a PS4. Like, yeah, the was... eyes in particular. Something like about... Advanced level. Something... It wasn't that bad. Something about the programming on the eyes. There's one scene in particular where they're in the banquet hall and sniffing chocolate. The way that their eyes are, like, just too symmetrical. Well, see, that's not even the problem and with me. There's the, the character design, you know? The character design is just lazy. All when the women she's, look the same. When she's, on, when she's in the, on the hill and she's turning and the wind's going, it... Mm-hmm. It looked horrible. Like her hands and stuff. Yeah. It was bad. And it felt like they compensated for their lack of dexterity in the animation sometimes by just having so much negative space in the frame. Mm -hmm. There would be only like one thing moving in the frame at any given time. It, It felt like they didn't know what they wanted to do with a lot of the frame in some of these shots. And I guess maybe that that like was supposed to emphasize her loneliness as she was walking up the mountain. In a way. But then it's just sometimes it just felt lazy to me. Yeah. Like it's kinda like when you're younger and you draw a picture and you would insist you have a you need a background, but that background becomes like a few lines where you're supposed to have like trees and like the the Eminem birds. But not in a good way. It's just that you know that they could have been doing more because you look at all the scenes in her palace and how intricate that is when she like yeah, I think palace. it was just noticeable. Well, the ice palace was gorgeous too, though. 
it was outside of these two places that the trouble came in. The forest looked good, too, and the trolls looked good. It was just that one instance where she's in this, like, just on this slope, and it just doesn't look good. I think a lot about how well you could map this onto a Broadway 2X structure, though, because of the music. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about the trolls, and that, and the song that they sing really is a, like, first song... <laughs> First song back into the second act, like, kind of fun song, you know? Is it bad to call it, like, Jewish? That's bad, right? Are you gonna cut this? (laughs) But it's kind of like that. They're like the... The, They're the Yentas? Yeah! (laughs) Maybe I'm not gonna cut this. (laughs) Well, I'm... They've got that going, but it's just... The entire... Ooh, boy. If we wanted to, we could go a little deeper into this. Yeah. Because Walt Disney is kind of known for not being that great towards, uh, you know, Jewish characters and Jewish stereotypes. They're exiled and made of stone. Like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, the best scene is the opening scene where they're cutting the ice. Where they're cutting the ice? That's incredible. Oh, yeah. I think they that spent all their money on that. Absolutely beautiful. Like And Baby Sven. Yeah, the... Ra- uh... <laughs> The reindeer. There, there needed to be more Sven and Kristoff. There needed to be more Sven and Kristoff. They Christoph. had a great dynamic. Absolutely, they did. It was did. the classic uh, and Disney Jonathan animal And Jonathan Groff thing. is a great singer. Like, I'm not ashamed to say that I was first exposed to him through Glee. And reindeer are better than people. Mm-hmm. Sven, don't you think that's true? They're... They're honestly more heartwarming than, like, Anna and Elsa. Really? Yeah. I think it might be because you've well, had I don't several have a sister. pet relationships that. and no Much sister relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Much um, better. Pets. Pets are good. Sven does make me think of Artemis. Mm. Someone is jealous of that comparison. <laughs> You're better than people. Oh, Josh Gad worked for me. Yeah. Josh Gad is fun in this. Uh, it's oh, cool because he was he originated one of the roles of Book of Mormon too. Olaf's so. song is like the best. Oh, Olaf's song is so cute and fun. Should I tell him? I'm gonna tell him. <laughs> um, no, like the the story and the content, it still holds up a decent bit. Um, there's some nice Arrested Development homages in there, like finish each other's sandwiches and uh, Alan Tudyk doing the chicken dance. I think it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, I think story wise, the it's pretty solid. It's it's basic fairy tale structure. Um, the twist is very good. What's the twist? Uh, cr- the uh, reveal of Hans. Oh of Hans yeah. Hans is the villain, and Santino what, you, sells that. Would you call it? No, I wouldn't Would you call, call it. it a... I wouldn't call it a double cross. A double cross? Well, actually. Yeah, it is. No, it is a double cross. Yeah, no, this <laughs> this is a movie. Add this to to the tally of double crosses. So yeah, Han, Hans does double cross <laughs> everyone actually because he looks like he's about to get ready to seize power, but un- under false pretenses, lies to everyone that Anna has died, like. Also, the um, the entire head and the heart thing, that the hmm. trolls are like, yeah, that the head can be changed, the heart cannot be so easily changed. I don't know. It's hmm. 
it's it feels a little bit like some ancient dichotomy between the head being the thing that does the thinking and the heart being the thing that does the feeling. Yeah, your heart doesn't do anything but beat, guys. I'm I'm sorry to break it to you. Your heart doesn't feel or think. It it just pumps your blood. Uh I will say that my heart does feel and I know this because sometimes I get acid reflux. That's not your heart. I know. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Well, I'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Oh, there's another pretty good animal in this movie, but we don't even know what his name is. Hmm? Haunts his horse. Oh, it's got that gorgeous mane. Yeah, the, uh, the like, piano key mane is how I think of it. <laughs> there are horses with manes that look like that, though. Yeah. Horses um, are cool. Horses come in lots of many shapes and colors. They absolutely do. I like... I like draft horses, personally. I like him big. Like Merida's horse in, in Brave. Oh my gosh. That was a good horse. That is a lot I think his of name animals. was Angus, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good horse. No, Angus is one of the little boys. Angus is one of the little boys? Yeah, I think oh. so. I'm pretty sure it was the horse. The little boys as bear cubs were really cute in that movie, too, though. What are you doing? Looking out. <laughs> oh, it is the horse. Uh-huh. Good job. I was right. It He's was a powerful cool. Clydesdale. <laughs> is he a Clydesdale? Yes, yeah, what it says on the internet. Oh, yeah, I guess Clydesdales would come in a color other than Budweiser, wouldn't they? Yeah. It would make sense that there yeah. are some black Clydesdales out there. I, you just always see the chestnut ones. No, I've seen the black ones. I've mostly seen chestnuts. Hmm. Well, I mean, when you think Clydesdale, you think Budweiser. No. And they're always I don't chestnuts. always think that. You don't always think that? No. Well, I think that. That's what I'm used to seeing. Because you're dumb. Oh. Alright, what else was good? Did they do any movie... Di- well, okay, so that one... I like the montage where her, their parents die. Not because their parents die, but because... <laughs> it's pretty well done. I like the... Lots uh, of cuts. Oh, we spent a lot of time... I spent a lot of time, personally... You did? Trying to figure out what historical era this movie is supposed to take place oh, in. Oh, yeah, that's always a wild card. Does it say on the internet? Uh, I, I haven't... Well... You see, the uniforms of the guards, and this is something I noticed, look a lot like the uniforms of the guards in Kenneth Branagh's production of Hamlet, which I think was implied to take place late 18th, early 19th century. Well, I don't know, if you look at the dresses that Kate Winslet is wearing, I would say late 19th century even, uh, the military uniforms also look about like that. And that's the thing too, the uniforms that they wear all look very 19th century. To me. Apparently it's supposed to be like 1840. So 19th century. But at the same time you don't see any cannons or guns or anything like that. You do see crossbows. And the peasant wear doesn't necessarily look 19th century to me though. I wasn't living in Europe. Actually, no. Now that I think you about it, the bonnets, the bonnets and stuff like that, they look about the same as what we would see women wearing in westerns. And do see women wearing in... Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So. Hmm. So 19th century. Who was wearing a bonnet? Zoe Kazan. No, in Frozen. Some of the peasant women. Really? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was also, oh, the peasants all looked the same. It was very clear that they spent so much more time on the main characters than the side characters. Because the peasants all looked a little bit iffy to me compared to everybody else. Well, the peasants had a different look to them with the small eyes. Yeah. Whereas, like, 
Anna and Elsa had these like half of their face eyes, which were really like uncomfortable. I don't know if the um, the textures felt like they were off. It feels like the advertising for the movie and like print stuff. They don't they don't look the same proportionally as like they do on. Do you think it's our TV? It's not our TV because they look that no they look that way everywhere. Um, I I don't know. The textures seemed off for everyone that wasn't a main character too. Like, I mean, and that's because they weren't focused on as much. I mean, traditional animation, everybody takes a character and they focus on that one character, and it's all like put together. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know what the procedure is like now. I think Disney also puts way more effort into their buildings <laughs> instead of their people. Yeah, if so you the notice... textures of the environment looked yeah. great. Like, the city itself looked really good. And even, like, well, even, like, side characters that had more focus in the middle of the frame. So, like, someone, like, Wandering Oaken, he looked mm-hmm. very good. And, like, his sweater looked very good and everything. I mean, maybe they're just trying to make it look like real perspective. Like, how you can't, like, determine things from far away. And I think the other thing, too, is that we are watching specifically with a critical eye on this right. watch. Yeah. So we are, we're trying to notice those things. Whereas the first time we watched it through, we might not have noticed all that. We're also definitely not the target audience of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely, we're like, not. Like, Disney is still, though though it spans generationally and you can watch as an adult, you can still get substance from them, but they're definitely geared towards a younger person. I would argue that these are true four-quadrant films, in that they are universally appealing. What are the four quadrants? Um, young, young, old, male, female. If I remember correctly. Really? Yeah. Who made this? Well, I mean, that's that's what you're targeting. You're targeting something that the entire family can go see together. But everyone's going to appreciate it because of the great songwriting. There's, the fairy tales are universal, so everyone likes those. And sure, some of it was definitely targeted towards a younger audience and towards specifically selling merch. Everyone wanted to buy an Olaf. That's just the truth. I still want to spend... Oh, yeah, I know you still want a Sven. I'm sure that next time we go to Disney World, we will return with a Sven. We're going to ride the ride, and we will return with a Sven. I promise you this. Okay, all by th- March of 2020. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> seems like a reasonable goal. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We're going to Disney. If. If I speak it into action now. Can I also build a lightsaber? Ooh, that sounds expensive. But what if that's the only souvenir I personally get? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Help fund our Disney 2020 trip. <laughs> Link in the bye. <laughs> so, what's your favorite song? I mean, I really like that intro song where yeah, they're doing like the, the the Frozen Heart. Mm-hmm. I know you like do. Do you mm-hmm. want to build a snowman a lot as well? It's adorable. Uh, um, I really like... And then reindeer are better than people. There's no better word for the... I mean, the uh, confrontation between Elsa and Anna. Because it does that end of the sec. It does that end of the first act mm-hmm. thing. Where it, like, ties the threads together. All The characters yeah, are Yeah, it's very, but like, it's dark. And, musical play, like... Mm-hmm, because you've got the multiple... The multiple, um vocal lines going on at the same mm-hmm. time. Oh yeah, I love it. Are we done? 
Are you going one more thing? Her braid phrases, phases through her arm during Let It Go. Yeah. Yeah, just had to get that out there. Um, I think I'm done. Are you ready to rate? Ready to rate. Mm-hmm. I give this uh, three out of five reindeer. How'd you know we're going to do reindeer? Oh, I know. Okay. I think 3.3 reindeer. You you have been getting crafty with your ratings lately. Usually you just <laughs> stick to the quarter. No, you're going into like decimal score. Into yeah. like tenth scores. I've, you know... You need more area. You need more room. Uh, we should be re- we should be keeping track of this. Next thing, next thing you know, you're, what about a good graphic? Mm, I'll bet you we could get Chris from fellow Who? podcast. I don't know him. Thumbs the facts. Have not seen. He him. does a great job keeping track of the statistics on Thumbs the facts. He doesn't listen to this podcast. But we could have him make some statistics for us. So we can. I mean, I can do that. Good. I have a science degree. This is fair, but you've also like overrated some movies in the past. I think you gave one of our movies like 11 out of 5. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> you just do it twice plus one. <laughs> do we have anything left in F? Don't think so. No, uh, but we What's do next? have one of the more fun movies from last year. <laughs> we have Game Night. Which oh. is a, it's a movie that's... You're ex- just going to talk about Rachel Adam. McAdams, like, the whole time. Wow, I'm... she's so cute. She did a game. Wow. Wow. That is not the only thing I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to just talk about her being cute. I'm going to talk about how she's actually a really, really great comic actress and p- perhaps one of the best comic actresses we have working right now. I'm also mm-hmm. going to talk about Fat Damon. Yes. Jesse Plemons, who is so much fun. Um, we're part of the Pocket Podcast Network, as previously stated. Other uh, shows include. When was it previously stated? Well, I was talking about that as the facts. Oh, that was T- the facts. Is one of the TM. Shows. Um, no, it's not trademarked. Let's see. That's a lesbian. Um, simultaneous catch. Ghoul tank. Yep. Lots of shows on the network. Our intro music is by. Wow, are you okay there, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Our I'm... intro music is by the Organ Machine. Yes, it's the song Oil Waves. Off of their first EP. Next week we're watching Game Night. So until then. I'm John. I'm Bethany. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> this is never how you knew it. Nobody looks sad at that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, this is Jesse. And this is Griffin. And we're Avocado Toast. We're a news and social commentary podcast by young people for young people. Have you ever wanted to know more about climate change? The social conflict in Venezuela? Or maybe why Trump sucks so bad? Then we might be the podcast for you. New episodes every week. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play. Just go and search Avocado Test. Check us out. Eat the rich.